Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, life.com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, and today I have an amazing guest, John Miles, who is a peak performance coach. Let me tell you a little bit about John, and then we'll get right into some questions so we can explore John's journey. Uh, John, as I mentioned, is a peak performance coach, also a combat veteran. I come from a military family, so thank you for your service, John. Definitely awesome to have that representation as well. John is also a multi-industry CEO, a successful entrepreneur. He's also a a top podcast host, so we have that in common. Um, Living in the podcast world, which many of us are doing these days, making sure that we're getting our learning in. He's also an author. He's founded over a half a dozen successful startups, and the name of your podcast, so people can actually go and listen to it, I too have listened, and it's amazing, is called Passion Struck Podcast. It's one of the top self-help podcasts, and John is on a mission to help millions of people to go from passion stuck to passion struck, which I just absolutely love. I think that I've seen the struggle be real for folks, whether they're in an organization or as an individual entrepreneur, have struggles through passion and finding a way to persevere. So I'm very excited to have you on the show, John. Thank you for being here. Well, I have to tell you, um, prior to coming on, I was able to listen to a number of episodes you do, and I am just so inspired by your show and the message that you're bringing. So the honor is mine. Thank you for having me. Well, this is, this is going to be such a great conversation today. And I really want to start with your story. I know that you personally have been through your own set of trauma and you also experience self-blame, you know, in, in your journey. And, uh, and then you made it through the Naval Academy and, and went on this trajectory to, to become where you are now. But I know it didn't start there. I know you just didn't start as a peak performance coach. So can you walk us through a little bit of your personal story and your journey? I'd be happy to. And to, to be honest, the peak performance coach is a title that I never thought I would even have. 
<laughs> um, you know, after, uh, you know, after the Naval Academy, you know, I was lucky to, you know, have some great tours of duty when I was in the military and got to serve in global com combat conflict zones in the Balkans, Iraq, um, Africa, um, and, and actually left the military because I had gotten an, an appointment uh, to join the FBI. And as fate has it, um, the week before I was supposed to go to Quantico, we were having one of these funding shortfalls that Congress sometimes gets into. And unfortunately, my class got recycled. Um, and by the time they called me back to go into it, which was two years later, you know, I was already at that point living in San Diego and, and life had get, life had gone on. I'd had a child, et cetera. But I guess I did what I think many people do, um, you know, coming from the Naval Academy and being a veteran, I think a lot of us um, have type A type of personalities. We're told to go out and kind of conquer. And so um, I became the victim of the hustle culture that's all around us. And, you know, I thought that the way, you know, talent would only get me so far and it was by hustling and outworking people that I was going to get to the top. And I will tell you for, for a period of time, it absolutely worked. Uh, you know, I was able before I was 30 to, to be on the partner track at a big four consulting firm. I was a C-level executive in a fortune 100 company. You know, by the time I was in my early thirties, CIO of a fortune 50 company, by the time I was in uh, my late thirties, but uh, my, advice to the listeners are it is only sustainable for so long. And ultimately, um, I got so burned out that I reached a point um, that I was stuck. I didn't like what I was doing. And, you know, you might think it's crazy because at this point, you know, I'm making the most money I've ever made. I eventually became the CEO of a software company. Um, but inside, I was absolutely miserable. Um, but I was stuck in this environment. I felt hopeless. I felt bored in the job I was doing. I didn't feel um, any passion for going into work. Um, and then, you know, in many ways, I felt complacent and that I wasn't growing. But this burned out syndrome caused me to have huge impacts on my physical health, my mental health, my spiritual health, and ultimately it impacted, you know, my relationships with friends, family, and ultimately, you know, coworkers, because, you know, if, if anyone who's out there is listening to this, you know, when you were burned out, you start feeling like you're numb inside, you start feeling, you know, indifferent to what's going on. And, and I can tell you, it's a, it's a terrible feeling to be in, but one that I truly believe millions and millions of people are dealing with and they're stuck in their own life and they don't know how to go from point A to point B. I'm not sure if you can relate to that, but that's, that's kind of where I was. Oh yeah. I can totally, totally relate to that. And it's interesting because I've done this exercise uh, in my mastermind that I'm in and we revisit it on a regular basis. But 
It's called The Wheel of Life. And if anybody's listened to anything from Tony Robbins or have done, done any sort of inward work, we look at this pie of our life, right? And you've got your career, your relationships, your finances, your everything you just mentioned, your physical health, your wellness, your spirituality, uh, whatever other things people might have. Everyone's pie slices might look a little bit different. But interestingly, the career aspect, it consumes so much of our time and almost takes over our identity, you know, in this, this interesting way where there's a gratitude towards where it takes you, but then there's this epiphany of how it shapes the rest of your pie. And all of a sudden the other slices get really thin. And like you said, you experience this burnout. And how do you get to the place where your pie is a little more balanced and you're feeling like you have wellness and just a more manageable and life that's fun. Where's the fun? I mean, that's the other part of it, right? If you're waking up and going to meetings and running a business and not sleeping very much and your journey, because I've been on it myself as a, as a consultant and, um, you know, know many people that have gone down that path. Um, again, like you said, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's exhausting, you know? Yeah, I, I remember being at Dell and I was, you know, in a global role. And mm -hmm. so each morning I would wake up somewhere around five to five thirty. And my routine was I basically got right online because that was, you know, kind of at the tail end of the day for some of the folks in India or Malaysia, Singapore, China. It was kind of the beginning, more the beginning portion of the day for the folks who were in Europe. And I had um, direct reports in 15 different countries. So, so the day would start out at that point, you know, I'd kind of be there to, to try to get the kids off, but then, you know, I would work a full day, maybe do dinner uh, with the family. Um, and then seven thirty, eight o'clock, you know, I was on working India and China to, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And, you know, there's only so long that your body can do that and it can go without sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what I found, you know, through my own personal journey is a lot of people say that they can exist on six hours of sleep or less. And all the studies say otherwise. Uh, in fact, only about one percentage point or less of the population can actually exist on less than seven to nine hours of sleep. So, you know, so my advice here is if you are living this life, it is going to catch up with you. And the sooner that you can start taking the step to start looking at your own self narrative and doing something about your current reality, the better long-term impact it will have on you. Mm -hmm. now, now, going back to your reality, so you started waking up in the morning and saying, this isn't working. How did you begin to make that shift out of the, the realm of overworked and burned out to something that meant more to you? So I think what is very difficult today is, you know, we are in a culture where everything appears so urgent and yet we're not focusing on what is important. And I, I would say that that was exactly what was happening to me. And, 
um, I started to do some self analysis of, of what was, you know, what was going on in my life. And I realized I was not spending enough. First of all, I was not spending enough time with myself, really focusing on personal growth, self-improvement, self-care. Um, I wasn't focusing enough on my physical health and, you know, ultimately was reaching a point where, you know, I was disliking myself more and more um, and reached this point over time where I had become um, majorly depressed. And so, you know, all of it was a wake up call, um, but this stuff can sit there and, and linger for years. It doesn't start changing until you make a choice to do something about it. And I think that is the most difficult thing often for people to do is to make that choice that they're going to start looking at things differently and start figuring what is this life that I want? You know, what are these aspirations to your point about the pie that I, that I want to have so that you can live a no regrets life where every morning you're feeling good about waking up what you're doing, you're energized. Um, but it all starts with making that choice, facing that brutal reality, whatever it is that you have and starting what I call to do, um, a mosquito audit of the things that are holding you back, whether that is toxic people, um, activities that you're doing, habits, um, wh whatever it may be, until you start taking out the bad actions from your life and start putting in positive actions, life isn't going to change. Mm -hmm. And I can and I can tell you, it's it's kind of like before we had cell phones, your car breaks down. And you've got two choices. Either you can sit there and try to thumb a ride and get help, or you can try to push the car. Um, and at first, if you take that second approach, because if you're, if you do the first, if you do the first one where you're thumbing the, the ride, you're completely dependent on someone else to help you. But if you want to do the work and push that car, it's going to be very difficult at first. But over time, it's going to get easier and easier. And it's the same thing with whether you call it action or habit stacking, mm -hmm. you know, doing positive actions every single day will start this momentum journey that will over time take you far more positively ahead than you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. I love listening to that because part of what you said was about recognizing where you are, right? To understand where you want to be. And I'm curious what ways you might suggest to someone who is listening and can resonate with that and saying, you know, I do feel stuck. I do feel overwhelmed. I feel overworked. What's the process or maybe where can I start to take stock? of what I am doing to start shifting toward what I want to be doing. Yeah. So I, I use a couple different frameworks and I believe today most people are casually engaged instead of consciously engaged. And if you look at some of the studies that are out there and I'll just point to a 2019 Gallup study where they 
surveyed the billion full-time workers around the world, 85% of them are disengaged from their job, which means they hate what they're doing. So, and I think it's because they're casually engaged. I mean, they show up, they go through the motions, but they're not consciously engaged in the moment of being present and really focusing and being intentional on what they're doing in all aspects. You know, I, and, it, and most of the time, it's not only their work life that gets affected, it's their family life, it's their friendships and everything. So, um, so I, on my framework, you know, I have five different levels, but it starts with people who are what I call subsisters. You know, they're subsisting, meaning they're surviving in life. They felt like I did. They felt hopeless. They feel numb, beaten, bored, broken, whatever it may be. And on the other side of the spectrum are creators who are not worried about self. They're selfless because I think it's, it's really important to understand, you know, that uh, selfish people ruin the world, but selfless people have an opportunity to completely change it in a positive direction. And that's what you've got to do. So the first step that I always tell people they've, they've got to take is be something that I call a mission angler. You know, what is that compelling problem that you feel passionate inside that you want to dedicate your life to solve? Because it's that burning problem solving that I think really can help you start from where you are now to taking a different journey in life. And then once you have that mission, then you need to be a, a brand reinventor because I think we get so wrapped. I know I did, you know, people would ask me, you know, who are you? And it was easy to say, well, I'm the CIO of this fortune 50 company, or I'm a CEO, but is that really the identity that you want? So you've really got to think about what is this identity that makes up your personal brand that you want the world to see. And once you take those steps, you know, then I say you need to do that mosquito audit that I talked about and get those things out of your life that are pain in the asses, invisible suffocators, blood suckers that are this toxic, this toxic environment that is keeping you away from doing what you're called to do. And then once you start doing that, you've got to be a fear confronter and start dealing with your sharp edges and start doing things every single day that scare you. And it's, it's stacking all these actions upon each other that get the momentum going. That's incredible. And so much of that is, is the self-work we were just saying, you know, if, if you're listening right now and you took a moment to, to actually write that down, start writing down, because when you write, begin to write something, it becomes real. You know, you're, you're putting that into the universe and saying, this is my life. These are the people who I surround myself with and they're eating. They're either adding value or they might be sucking the life out of you, you know, um, in some way. And then your habits, I think, are huge. Habits are everything. They can make or break your success, you know. And um, I think when you've got bad ones, it can just take you down a a valley of despair. And when you've got positive ones, it opens doors to more and more new possibilities for you. 
you know. So I'm I'm curious also, um, when people come to you, um, what does it look like on the journey to? Because now you know a lot of times, people there's some people might be listening and saying, okay, like I could do that. I could. I could write down some stuff and maybe I could start thinking differently, but the challenge becomes in the action part is, okay, now how am I going to hold myself accountable to exercising or eating differently or starting having a conversation about people with people that don't need to be there? And then also having conversations to attract people that I want to bring in my circle because those are the people that are going to elevate me. Those are the people that are going to encourage me and inspire me. But that's a lot of work. Like, you know, somebody could be thinking, maybe I could take step one, but I can't even imagine what step two, three, four and beyond look like. So then they decide to, you know, get some accountability. Maybe they call you and, and they, they, they could be working on themselves individually or maybe it's a team or a business. It's a little bit broader than that. What does the um, journey look like in partnering with you to take them from the beginning of recognizing their challenges to actually figuring out how to solve them? What, what do you do with a person? Well, the first step is you have got to work with them to understand what their stuck points are. So I would say if anyone has been through um, treatment for PTSD, in some ways, um, my approach is very similar to someone going through cognitive processing therapy, because it is those stuck points, you know, whether that has been, you know, that someone has been sexually harassed or, or, or worse in their life, whether it's they've had a physical assault, or whether they're dealing with mental health or physical health issues. Whatever it is, until you start dealing by first recognizing what the stuck points are and actually admitting to them, because I think that's one of the most difficult things to do is we like to perceive a version of ourselves that is far different than maybe how others are perceiving us. Mm-hmm. And it's really doing that self-awareness work and really admitting and being vulnerable um, to these stuck points that the journey starts. And I find that with the vast majority of the people I work with, um, they don't feel very good about themselves. So, you know, one of the things, um, that I use is whether you call it Louise Hayes, you know, mirror work or, you know, what I like to do, um, worked for me is, you know, I, I remember, you know, years ago, you know, waking up and looking in the mirror and, you know, I'd go to brush my teeth and I, and I would say, you know, 99% of the time I wasn't even looking in the mirror because I didn't like the person who was on the other side. And what I started to do was this daily practice um, that I still do today where, you know, this symbol of giving someone high five means you're doing a great job you know, way to go after it, whatever, I I would start just high-fiving myself. And it may sound ridiculous. um, um, And after a while, this momentum builds, just like the Lewis Hayes mirror work, where if you start telling yourself that you're awesome, 
you start telling yourself that that you love yourself, if you start telling yourself that you're making great decisions and you're moving your life positively forward and that you can accomplish the dreams that you want, you know, I'm a true believer, you know, in the law of attraction or what you put out to the universe is going to come true. So I think it's it's a combination of, you know, working on yourself, being mindful. If if it's journaling, you know, that helps you forward, um, starting to jur- journal, start prior- prioritizing your actions for the day. And I use something called the Ivy Lee method, where each night I think of the five major things that I need to get done the next day that when I prioritize them, focus my day to accomplish what I need to. And so for me, always the number one thing that I put on the list is physical health. Um, So, you know, first thing in the morning, the way it works is the first thing on your list is the first thing that you do. So, you know, I go to the gym. Um, And after that, you just break it up. But, you know, you don't go into the day having a list of 10 things. You, you, you try to really focus it to five and have them in priority order. Um, the other thing is I think we want to push away the things that are really hard to do. So the other thing is putting yourself in uncomfortable situations as much as possible. Meaning, you know, for me, one of the things I completely hate doing is having to get on a phone call and trying to to sell myself to someone else. But the way you get through that fear is you just have to start doing it every single day. It's no different than if you want to be a public speaker, but you're scared to death of it. The only way you're going to get better at it is if you start practicing. So, you know, if that's a fear for someone, I would say go to Toastmasters for, for a year and purposely put yourself in situations that, scare the death out of you. Um, but over time, you're going to get over that fear. So those would be a number of my tips. The other one that I like to say is I was living my life. Imagine you're sitting on a bar stool, but it's a bar stool that has one huge metal support or one support, you know, and all, all kind of all my, everything for me was in this you know, fortune 50 career uh, that I thought was everything. And I would tell people to live their life on that same stool, but have it have multiple supports to it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, diversify your approach to life and carve out, you know, what you want this professional thing to look like. Um, what, What does mental health look like for you? What does physical health look like for you? What does spiritual health and until you get all of those things aligned, um, you're going to struggle. So it's, you know, as you're moving forward, you got to pick which one you're suffering in the most because that's the first one you need to work on. But ultimately, it's getting all of them in sync. Uh, because ultimately, peak performance is you performing at your cognitive best level, which means Mentally, you've got to be strong. Physically, you've got to be strong. And whatever your spirituality, whether that's yoga spirit or Christian or Judaism, it doesn't matter, Muslim, whatever it might be, all those have to come into alignment 
with sleep habits and other things that lead you to have an unbeatable mind. That's that's incredible because as I'm listening to you, one of the themes that I'm hearing is about taking care of you first, pouring into yourself first, whether that is waking up and working out or it's doing some kind of thing like a yoga or just writing down your priorities, you know, that you can focus on for the next day. So much is about getting yourself into alignment so that you can perform and do the service of giving your gifts to the world. Uh, but if you're, if you're not in tip top shape in all the ways that you described, then how can you produce and help people with anything if you're, you're less than optimal, which is I think an important message because uh, burnout is going back to what you said earlier, such a rampant part of so many Americans and, and beyond, you know, not, not just in America, but also in, in other places where people just work really hard and put themselves last. So. And I believe that relationship with yourself um, needs to be your number one priority, because if you truly want to serve others, you're not going to do it unless you love yourself, you're happy with your direction and you feel confident in the conviction that you have about who you are and how, how great and a blessing you are to this universe that we're part of. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know, if you look at where the world is today, all Western cultures, entrepreneurship and business fatality have been on a 25 year decline. And when I research this, I think it comes down to three, I call them the three contagions. One of them is apathy. One of them is hopelessness or nihilism. And the other one is showmanship. So said otherwise, the contagion of the hum human mind, human spirit. And if you want to look at it, it's like the human ego. And until you get those things in check, you're going to continue to be stuck. Because being passion struck is the exact opposite of those. It is being... Yeah. You know, it is having passion. It is being hopeful and not hopeless. And it's being what I call a gardener leader, which means that you're out there serving the world by being a gardener instead of serving yourself. Yeah, that is really powerful. And that, how did you, what, what inspired you to come up with the name Passion Struck? I think it's brilliant. Well, I, I, I would just be honest with you. I never in a million years thought I would be doing anything that I'm doing right now. <laughs> if you, if you would have told me five, six years ago that, um, I would be on the journey I am now, I would have told you, you know, you're completely out of your mind. <laughs> um, but I kept on having this recurring, um, vision or dream um, that I feel, you know, the creator was bringing to me, you know, and the words that he gave me were different. He said, I need you to share your own personal journey because there's so many people who were like you who were underdogs. And what I mean by that is we become underdogs in our own life. And, you know, he, he gave me the words 
the beaten, bored, broken, and battered. Now, if you go out there and use I help the underdogs and, the, and those words, um, I think it's going to turn most people off because people don't like to feel like they're an underdog. But that's exactly what this is, is you've reached this point where you are an underdog in your own life. So I, um, been, I have been very, very fortunate uh, to have worked around some of the greatest leaders of our time um, who many are, are personal friends of mine, people like Mark Benioff, Michael Dell, many others that I've known for years and years. And so I happened to be at a, at a previous job and we had a digital publication and I started doing this segment called the Bold Leader Spotlight, where we would highlight a different leader who had bold characteristics. And as I started to see this unfold, um, I took about four to five years and did intense research on about 400 different leaders from all walks of life, whether they were you know, entrepreneurs, sports leaders, religious leaders, whatever. And I started to analyze, you know, why are some people here and some people achieve here? Because, you, because there has to be some secret to it. And that's where I came across what I call the passion struck framework. It's five actions and six mindset shifts. And I gave four of them earlier in the segment that people take from living in subsistence to becoming a creator. And it's, I kept seeing this pattern emerge of these steps that people take. And it's, they find a problem starting from this mission angler. Um, I think Jim McKelvey, a friend of mine, says it best. You know, when he found it square, it was because he found, the, you know, he, he was a glass artist, still is, but he wanted to sell, you know, a $6,000 piece of art and he couldn't take any payment for it. So he said, there's got to be a better way of doing digital payments. And he invented Square. Now, did, did Square evolve overnight? No. I mean, if you hear the story that he and Jack Dorsey went through, you, you and, all, and all the roadblocks that the government and financial institutions put in their way, you, you, you would be like, how in the heck did they ever do it? But when you have that problem that's worth solving, you will dedicate your life and you will put, you know, your reputation on the line. You will put your financial means on the line because you are so passionate about it that you will risk whatever it takes to go after it. And that's what it really means to be passion struck. And the way the name came about is I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Keith Crotch, um, and I was describing this and he goes, he goes, it sounds like you're describing someone who is so passion struck about the journey that they're on, that they're willing to take their life to a completely new level to achieve it. And I said, that's it. And, you know, I immediately went to uh, GoDaddy and was absolutely shocked that the domain was in existence and, you know, took it to trademark the name uh, very shortly after that and have been on this journey ever since. That is an amazing story. 
And it, when an epiphany hits you like that, doesn't it, doesn't the excitement just overtake you? I mean, you just, that, well, this, your story is the epitome of passion struck, right? Because what you are doing is you got a calling and you narrowed in on it, started getting feedback on it and have really truly leaned into it, you know? And I think everybody in some way, like you said, is finding what that is for them. What is it? What problem, you know, are, are you looking to solve? And it's, it's within all of us. And I, and I think what you're doing is amazing to get people closer to discovering and exploring that and taking the chance on themselves. And I think for folks that are listening, they might be thinking, holy crap, that's scary. <laughs> it's, it's easier to walk the path of the, of the safety. You just, you follow the path and you take the steps and you go to the company and you work hard and then you get the paycheck and you, it's just, it's a safe route, right? So saying, oh, you know, I'm going to wake up and follow my dreams is scary, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely scary because that cliff that you're going to walk on is the great abyss. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that there are going to be missteps and it's not going to be easy and you're, you're going to have failure points. But if you are convicted, if you have a self conviction that you want to go after this, those hurdles that seem insurmountable, I will tell you, you will find ways to get over them. Mm -hmm. um, you will find people who advise you, you will find the internal fortitude to realize that the only limits that are out there are the ones that you're setting in your own mind for yourself. And when you start telling yourself, I can, and remove the word I can't from your vocabulary, you can unlock so much more of a dynamic, happy, passion-driven existence than you can possibly believe. Uh, but I will tell you, you know, and if you would ask Jim McKelvey this question, he would tell you the same thing. You know, I have worked with a lot of startups and a lot of entrepreneurs. And I will tell you the biggest thing that I see, and it's, you can take this same correlation to life than, than you see in startups. Those startups that seem to maybe have this rosy picture that we think are just going to be these incredible takeoff stories that don't go anywhere compared to these others that you might not think ever had a chance in hell of working out. Like let's take Air, Airbnb, whoever thought that that would be a thing. Yeah. The biggest difference is they keep the main thing, the main thing. They keep the problem that was at the root of what they were solving, the main thing. And when you get distracted, and it doesn't become the main thing, same thing in your life. If you want your physical health to be better, but you don't make it the main thing, you think it's going to get better? No, it's the, it's the same thing. And so, you know, I just happened to hear a podcast of uh, the Airbnb CEO today. And, you know, if you're not familiar with it, you know, he and the other two founders were, were basically destitute. They had about 40 credit cards that they were using to fund the company, all of them maxed out. They were 
completely in debt, came up with like a last salvage, which was to create a cereal company where they did uh, a President Obama box and a John McCain box that gave them enough money that it allowed them to get over this point where they didn't think they were going to survive, but they never let that goal of creating Airbnb be not be their number one goal. And look what look what happened. They they pushed through and now you know Airbnb is a noun and a verb that we all we all know. But had it not been for them confronting their fears, sticking with it, taking those those actions, it would have never happened. And so many stories are like that, whether it's Square Salesforce, Tony Robbins, Brandon Bouchard, Lewis Howes—I mean, you—you you name it. There, it's—it's there isn't rocket science to this. And the more shows that you listen to, you'll cop, keep hearing commonalities. But it all starts with you making that choice, because we all have choices we can make. We make them every single day. Problem is, is we make them out of convenience instead of making them consciously and in a way that is taking our life to where we want it to be instead of, as you're saying, sitting in the safety zone where we're complacent, mm -hmm. but not happy. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a saying too that I use in helping organizations through change management because change is hard, right? Shifting from one thing that you're used to that's very comfortable to something that's completely new is difficult, but it's the difference between compliance and commitment. Compliance is just following the steps so that you can get through it. And commitment is having a why as to why you're doing what you're doing because that changes the purpose of your pursuit, right? And I, I um, but like you said, you know, I think in, in this whole conversation, the word that comes to me is mindset. It's a mindset to live in, to talk to yourself in a way that's different, to take action, even in the face of not knowing necessarily everything and, and, and also taking, like you said, words out of your vocabulary, those inhibiting words that keep us in the self-limiting belief zone, you know, to, to the limitless space that will allow you to, to do exactly what you talked about, which is to create and become a creator and, and not live in that complacency. Yeah, um, and, I, and, I'll, and a lot of people don't think that they can do it. And I'll give you, you know, a great example. Um, yeah. If you haven't looked this person up, her name is Kirstie Ennis. Uh, Kirsty at the time, I think, was a, a corporal or a sergeant in the Marine Corps. She was in Afghanistan um, and was at the end of her second combat tour doing the last mission where she was uh, on a helicopter. That helicopter crashed, and she went through 40 surgeries, ultimately losing her leg. Um, and she reached a point where she had two options. She was either going to feel sorry for herself and live in an existence of I can't do things, or she was gonna create a version of herself that says there are no limits to what I can do. And so she has made it her mission um, to first became a, a paraplegic snowboarder, which she did. And now she's on a journey 
to climb the, I think it's the six or seven highest peaks around the world. And she's already done four of them. She just did a hundred mile ultra, um, endurance walk, uh, with Prince Harry. And I will just tell you there, you know, we look at these people like the Jack Dorsey's, the Jim McKelvey's, the Chesky's, whoever it may be. And we think, you know, they're billionaires. There's no way I can be them. Well, I know someone named Sharon Guerin, who two years ago was working eight different jobs, kept on having her cars repoed, barely had a house over her head for her and her family. And she happened to meet a friend of mine um, by chance as an Uber driver. This person started coaching her. Two years later, she's now Chef Guerin making multiple six figures and completely turned her life around in two years. And I'm and I'm telling the listener who's out there who may be sitting here going, you know, these two, you know, are just preaching from the high pulpit that mm-hmm. you can do that. You can do this. You know, it may seem impossible, but it's in every one of us to change the surroundings around us and to start going in a different direction. Yeah, we have that. One thing that we have every morning when we wake up is the power of choice. You can choose to do the same thing or you can choose to do something different. And that's ours. We, we own that. That's something that we're capable of doing. And I think that uh, it's just the difference of what, what choice you're going to make today. Because I do think, and it does sound cheesy. I mean, I, I say this to myself all the time when I do feel like I'm in a rut, but it's really tomorrow isn't promised. You, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone, you know, I mean, none of us and said, oh, I, I wonder if a pandemic is going to show up, you know, I mean, things just happen. And so if you don't take extreme ownership to make every day count, then it it can feel like you're, you're just going through the motions. And I, I would guarantee that if you're here listening to this podcast, you're not somebody that is here to just go through the motions. I would I would think I would, you know, if, if you're listening, but I would love to, John, ask you a couple of questions just to learn about more about you and your perspective. And, um, the first one is easy and it's, um, what are three words that best describe you? Hmm. I really haven't had that one asked of me in a very long time, but I would think, um, I think it would be motivated, convicted, or con- conviction, mm-hmm. and um, selfless. Well, to be the leader of Passion Struck, I think those are all very good qualities for you to have. So that's awesome. Okay. What is something that you are working on improving? Man there's something you can work on every single day. (laughs) Um, You know, one of the things I'm trying to work on right now is um, focusing more on my creativity. Um, You know, I think it's easy to get complacent um, with, with where you are. And, you know, I've been lucky enough that the the passion Shark podcast has done really well. Um, But, you know, I'm constantly re re reevaluating how we're approaching it and how we could make it better how we can make the messaging more clear on what we offer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when one of the, the things um, from a creative perspective that I've been really working on is, uh, you know, my writing skills and, and kind of just forcing myself uh, to, to write more um, and get my ideas on paper. Yeah, that is awesome. I love that. Okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had and you've had to overcome? Well, I unfortunately have had more than my fair share of trauma. Um, you know, and I think we all have baggage. And I think a self-limiting belief that I had um, was I thought I was strong enough individually to just work through this on my own um, and that I could just mentally put aside these areas in my life that were causing me to be stuck. Um, and, you know, for me, this, it's, this took 15, 16 years to finally a- address. Um, and it kind of all blew up because, you know, I had suppressed so much of this. And unfortunately, 2000, November 2017, um, I walked into my house um, and um, encountered an armed robber who was in the house, ultimately pointing a gun at me. And so through that, um, not only did that cause, you know, that physical assault trauma to become overbearing, but it resurfaced, you know, my combat trauma, other physical assault trauma, um, childhood trauma that I had experienced and basically took me to, you know, I, I would say the lowest point in my life. And, you know, when you reach the bottom, the great thing about it is you have the ability to rebuild your life brick by brick. And oftentimes that's when change happens, whether it's through a chronic illness or sickness or, you know, maybe you become broke, whatever it is, it's often that big event that happens that forces you to change. Um, and that's kind of what, what ultimately, you know, through that trauma, I realized I have got to get my arms around all this trauma. And so I spent, um, you know, about two years in, you know, going through sessions that I really didn't want to have to address because for me, they caused even more night trauma, um, and issues than I had before, but sometimes you got to go through the pain before you can come out the other side. And so the shift I'm trying to make is from having PTSD to having post-traumatic growth and growing from that trauma that once impacted my life and not letting it consume my life like it, like it had. Um, and my advice to anyone out there is if you've experienced this, don't do what I did. Take action on it immediately because you can repair yourself. No matter how bad that trauma is, you can get through these stuck points. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up and just acknowledge that because if you don't address the trauma, whatever that may be for you, for anyone listening, that's where things repeat itself, right? You don't have the, you want to put it aside 
and hope it doesn't manifest itself or show up. But then when it does, it's there's difficulty dealing with it. And so the same kinds of challenges reoccur in your life. So I, I love that you said to address it head on so you can start to see things differently. That's I know that can be tough, but I appreciate your vulnerability in talking about that. Okay, my next question for you is, what is one thing that you want to see changed in the world? Well, a, a recent one would be cyberbullying. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think we live in so much negativity around us. It's everywhere that you turn today. And I think we need to have a society of acceptance of accepting other people who, for who they are, um, for their beliefs, for their perspectives. Um, and I would love to see a, a world where, you know, the, the left and the right could come together, uh, on all these issues instead of, you know, because it's not just the United States across the planet, we've got this m major division, going on now that is becoming self-destructive. And, you know, if I could go to Mars right now and I was the first person to, to land on the planet and I could establish, you know, rules, one of them would be treat everyone with respect, regardless of religious background, color, whatever it may be. Um, and the second one would be, you have to be open to other people's perspectives, learn from them, take them into account and apply them because no one is all knowing or right in every single occasion. But um, yeah, this, um, we need to get rid of the negativity that's out there, the bullying, um, the showmanship that's going on. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, the world would look like such a different place if we had that respect and the desire to understand, seeking to understand, you know, when you're open, it totally changes the aperture and you, the ability of what you welcome versus when you're shut down and shut off and feel that there's, you know, only one way to view the world. So I think that's a really, really wise uh, thing to say in terms of what to, what to see differently. Okay, my next question is, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? You know, um, it, it was just on a recent podcast episode I did, um, and it was from a Navy SEAL named William Branham. And I always like to ask people who've been through BUDS uh, the biggest lessons that they learned. And his was a little bit different than what you typically hear, and it was, it's better to suffer in the front than suffer in the back. And what he meant by that is if you're going to do something, if you're going to become passion struck and you're going to do something to change your life, you're going to suffer. But then you've got to make a choice. You can suffer in the front or you can suffer in the back. And it's really a choice of, do you want to be mediocre or do you want to be awesome? Because if you're going to have to suffer anyhow, I'd much rather do it in the front where I'm leading the way because I can guarantee you, you're going to make more strives doing, doing that. Um, 
And it's exactly why they have the slogan, it pays to be a winner, because that's what you will be on the other side. That's, yeah, that is tremendous. And and just in case anybody doesn't know, um, because I've listened to David Goggins and I've, I've learned a little bit about, you know, the Navy and the Navy SEALs. Can you just highlight what BUDS training is? I think it's just interesting for anybody who's going, what's that? Yeah, uh, so so BUDS is the basic underwater, you know, it's it's the basic um, school that all SEALs have to go go through. Now, my father was actually UDT class of 16, so he, he's been through it. But, but generally, you know, you have 70 or 80 people who start these classes, and throughout uh, most of history, somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 14 out of that whole group make it through it. Um, and it consists of weeks and weeks of training that kind of culminates uh, in a hell week where you know, for, for literally that whole week, they're deprived of sleep and other things. But ultimately, the purpose of BUDS is to show you that you can go to what you think is your ultimate breaking point and not be broken. And so, you know, people like Marcus Luttrell, who, if you've seen the movie, uh, The Lone Survivor, he is the lone surviving seal. There is no way he could have done what he did um, in that circumstance in Afghanistan, had he not had the belief, self-belief that he could go past his breaking point because he most certainly did. And that's what Buds teaches you is that mind control and the ability to put pain to the side um, because you can overcome pain. Um, like you said, just as David Goggins has done on all his you know, remarkable um, athletic accomplishments. Yeah. Oh, that's intense. It's intense. I, even even just listening to the process makes you think, wow, a person that can survive, you know, with such mental grit is pretty, is pretty remarkable. So that's, you learned something new today if you didn't know what BUDS training is. Uh, but John, I would love to know what's next for you. What are you up to? What kinds of things can we look forward to? So right now I'm, I'm working on a, a couple projects in particular. I, I wrote the manuscript for Passion Struck. Um, I actually finished it um, over a year ago during COVID. And I've kind of been sitting on it um, because I wanted to test the concepts out. Um, and I've used the podcast actually to do it because speaking engagements have been difficult. So, you know, through that process, you know, it, it's actually been very good because certain things weren't uh, receiving um, certain things that I didn't think would resonate, resonated certain things I thought for sure would resonate didn't. So it allowed me to go back and rework a number of the chapters, rework the examples, um, kind of add in a couple chapters I didn't have before to, to solidify that book. So. I'm right now in, in the process of um, working with an agent and getting a publisher. So, you know, so that's, and that could be a whole podcast in itself on how do you write a book and get it published because yeah, it's not, a it, lot. <laughs> there's a lot, a lot to think about. And then, you know, we're working on building uh, the, the Passion Struck University, which is going to be a series of, of courses that people can take, but I think it's important 
for people to understand. I, I think, you know, information oftentimes is free. What is really difficult is the application of the information. And so that's what we want to help people with, with the Passion Struck University is the application of how do you put this information we're giving to you and actually apply it to your life so it moves you forward. And then the last thing that I'm working on is using the Passion Struck framework and analysis tool, um, similar to maybe you can think of uh, the Colby Index or other tools that are out there, but it will allow you to evaluate yourself in the in the you know think about it on the in the Passion Struck framework. You know where do you currently rank um, in this journey of becoming Passion Struck? That is awesome. Oh, I'm so excited for that because just as we were talking about earlier in the podcast, uh, action can be challenging. So you creating the kind of resource and a place that people can go to execute so they can start achieving the results they're looking for is going to make a, a, such a tremendous difference for a lot of people. And then the book, that's going to be really exciting to come out. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, definitely the Passion Struck podcast, everyone has to check that out because it's it'll be maybe like a little appetizer, you know, uh, before getting to maybe have the full meal of, of digging into the, to the whole book when that when that comes out. Um, but how can people find you, John, if they're like, I want to learn more. I want to understand more about Passion Struck and just follow your journey. Um, where can they go? So if they want to engage with me on social media, um, Instagram at John R. Miles. Um, if they want to join the Passion Struck movement, um, I've got a Facebook group called Passion Struck. It has uh, several thousand members of it in it already. Um, if they want to learn more about me in general, they can go to johnrmiles.com. If they want to learn more about Passion Struck, passionstruck.com. And the um, YouTube channel is also John R. Miles. And the Passion Struck podcast is on every single podcast player that's out there. So pretty easy to find. Yeah, that is tremendous. So there's a lot of different ways to connect with John. I'll make sure those links are available in the show notes so you can very quickly get to any of those places. But it has really been an honor, uh, John, to have you on the show. I know for even for myself, the invigoration of reminding, why do we do what we do? And sometimes we need to sit in that a little bit and, and remind ourselves um, because there is a bigger purpose. And there, and that is what drives us. So it excites me to have conversations like this. And I really hope that for anyone listening, it's sparked um, either ignited or perhaps reignited, you know, that spark in you, because that is, that is what people like John and myself are here to do. So hopefully this was a valuable a conversation for you to listen to. But I'm, I'm excited to follow your journey and for us to stay connected. So thank you so much for coming on today. What well, does? It's been a true honor, and uh, you you have a great platform here, and uh, I think you're a great interviewer. So thank you very much. And if I would leave the audience with one final thought, it would be: if you're thinking about this mission that you're going to go on, you are best able to serve the person that you once were. So think about it from that standpoint. That is powerful. <laughs> I think about that often. And I think that's what drives me is thinking about 
who I was at times when I needed the, the better version of me to show up for that person so that that could, we couldn't end on a better note than that. So thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next week. John Miles, the founder of Passion Struck and the Passion Struck podcast. What an amazing concept and what wisdom he provided for us today. So you know that one of my big ticket items from this podcast is taking action, taking action. So what action can we take today that we learn from John, who is a peak performance coach? I would say one action that I would encourage, there's two that I'm going to say in my reflection for today. The first is to adopt this practice, try it out, of writing five things down that you want to accomplish tomorrow. So tonight, When you go to bed, write down the five things that you want to accomplish tomorrow in priority order. And that's exactly how you operate in your day. Put the top thing on the list, whatever that may be for you. If it's making sure that when you get up, you spend time exercising or meditating or journaling or whatever that may be, write it down, commit to it and execute on it. That's number one. Number two, I want you to write down the names of the five people that you spend the most time with. This might sound familiar. If you've listened to a number of my podcasts, then this is an exercise that probably isn't new for some of you. But hey, we need to revisit exercises sometimes because that is how we develop good habits. We talked about habit stacking today and habits are about doing things consistently and repeatedly. So if you've done this before, do it again and revisit it. Write down the names of the five people you spend the most time with and do a little assessment. How are those individuals showing up for you? How are they adding value to your life elevating you. You know I love this philosophy, if it's the first time you're hearing it, of savers. A saver is someone who supports you, is aligned with you, value adds to your life, elevates you, and rises with you. It's such a great way to do a little assessment and do that. If there is anyone, get real with yourself, get real with yourself, If there is any of those five people that are doing any less than that, what action do you need to to take to change that? What do you need to do with that individual or individuals to change the way that you spend time with them, change the type of relationship you have with them, and what do you do to bring them closer to where you need them to be Or what do you do to get other people to the table that need to be there to help you get to where you need to be? Those are my two things that I'd love for you to do. And if you haven't noticed already, as we are here well into October, 
I've been coming out with two podcast episodes a week. That is a change this month because there's been so many incredible guests coming on to the show. I want to make sure you get this content timely. So episodes right now are coming out on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So I'd love your feedback. I'm excited about it. That means you get more content, more learning, and more things that will help you transform your life and take action where you need to. So I love that. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Give me your feedback, des at bornandbreakable.com. So now you can tune in each week for two episodes and I'll leave you as I do normally with saying that you are your only limit. So take action today like we always talk about. Give me feedback if there's anything that you want to hear about. Have an amazing rest of your day, an amazing week. Go forth. Be at your best. Conquer the world. You got this. I'll see you again next time on the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.